Good afternoon. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? Let me turn my sound off. I don't want it to cause any audio problems. That sounds like a nice Caribbean cool breeze in the background, what you just had there. Oh, I wish it was, but it's it's a Tesco fan, so. <laughs> okay, um, people, welcome to podcast um, episode 27. Have you got your drink ready? Have you got everything ready to, to um, what's it called, quench your thirst while you're here in this podcast today? Me personally? Yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking to the audience. Um, yeah, I, I've got um, hot water with a bit of lemon in it. Oh, I keep forgetting to do that, brother. I keep forgetting to do this lemon thing. I keep forgetting to do it. Well, I was getting chubby, and my chubbiness shows up in my face first. That's how I know. Funny, funny you were going to say that. That was going to be my first topic with you. I saw a picture of you. People, hey, watch one second. This is people, this is podcast 27, and I'm joined by El Chapo Negro. See, I said it right again. It's time to see that. Um, just a quick one um, before we get into the topic of you and your pictures and your face fact I can see it Um, I want to thank I want to thank everybody I know it's not a thousand subscribers but I am close to a thousand listeners you don't understand what this means even if it's the the littlest of thing or people even listening to it it's a big achievement for me I didn't think I, I would ever get a thousand listeners Maybe on a YouTube video or something, but on a podcast form, yes, a thousand listens to me is big, but you know, it's just just keep pushing and keep trying to get this thing out there, you know? You're doing good work. Now, we we, we are doing good work. We are doing good work. You know what I mean? I'm only as good as the company I keep, but thank you. And I'm only good as the company I keep too. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, first of all, how you been? Um, honestly, I've been doing well because, um, I've been going through, um, CBT therapy and it's helping me better understand myself. At the same time, it does dredge up a lot of things that I, I had been suppressing mm-hmm. from childhood and mm-hmm. where most things go wrong. <laughs> so do you think therapy helps you in a sense? Did you think, do you think it helps you? be able to talk at your issues because some people find it very hard to they find themselves if they can't talk they find it they don't want to be able to open up to somebody else and then somebody else uses their emotions against them so do you find it's do you find it's helping that the person that you're talking to you don't know them privately or is that a better example i think yeah that's what i'm trying to think because because you don't know them privately do you think it's better to talk to that person well I'll revert back to what I've said in the past about uh, Mr. Rogers and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, where he always says, if it's mentionable, it's manageable. Yeah. Meaning again, that if you can talk about it with somebody who's willing to listen and have an actual conversation and not kind of tell you what your feelings are, but you know, like we, what we're doing, having a back and forth conversation of sharing ideas, reaching common ground on things we might not agree on. If you can do that, then you can more or less discuss or even fix oftentimes any subject yeah and uh, in my case i'm also reminded of the dalai lama who says in in the book of the art of happiness that uh, when he has a problem sometimes he'll take aside a janitor who 
who's sweeping out the temple <laughs> and ask him what his opinion is on a, on, a, on a deep philosophical subject that he's pondering over. And he says, anytime he does this, and he says he does it frequently, the person is caught off guard because they're like, you, you're the Dalai Lama. Like, what are you asking me for? But his words are that this person is a person, which means they go through the same thoughts, fears, and feelings that he himself has. And who's to say they haven't figured out uh, a way to deal with the particular thing that he's struggling with, where he might have been preoccupied with all the other things he might have to think about. And it's, and I, I look at therapy that way, and even more so because the person's accredited and they've been, they have the, uh, the, 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 the professional know-how of how to deal with people in my situation. And my therapist, Anastasia, um, she's lovely. She, I haven't felt this, I told, I didn't tell her these words, but I'll say it here. I haven't felt this heard and understood even since I was a child because my mother was very patient. However, as I grew older, she became less patient, which parents do because they assume that your, your needs in, in terms of communication. They've done enough. Yeah. They've, you know they've given you all they can, they've given you all they can. It's it's more like it's more where a light bulb needs to you're, come you're from. old now you need yeah to, you've yeah. now given me it's that whole start how you mean to continue you've given me a level of communication that i have become accustomed to and now you're decreasing it as i'm getting older that doesn't mean to say i don't still need that level of communication i'm obviously i don't need the cobbling and the, the nurturing in the same manner but the level of communication that you have with your infant child when they can learn to talk as opposed to them as a teenager will be in most cases different but the need for that communication has never changed yeah so basically i kind of do you think do you, so do you believe that everyone should have a shrink because i've heard that i believe in it yeah that was the question i believe in it so strongly that if they ever did reparations one of the things i would want if i was given a choice uh, given a chance to or, or questioned about it would be that every uh, single person of color who's eligible for reparations part of the reparations package uh, entitles them to free psychotherapy for life. Yeah, I believe so too. I, be, I, it's that's the, I, it, uh, that's the type of thing that I do believe everybody needs it. Um, I believe the. Uh, should I tell you? I'll be honest with you. I'm scared of it because I don't. I can. I can admit it. I'm scared of it because I don't like to open up to anyone, and I feel they're going to fight back in my face, and that's why I don't maybe it's because if I had someone that didn't know me then I could probably tell them but then the next time I'll probably be very wary of what they're saying to me because I'll probably feel that they're using it against me you know so that's why I'm 50-50 on the on the phys- um, on the um, psychiatry but I believe I do believe that a l- most black people do need therapy because of day-to-day lives and everything that goes around all, all around them i don't think it i don't think they realize that it does hurt them in the long run because yeah. we do have a lot of people that are hurt we do have a lot of people we, that are we, as, as a people we share post-traumatic stress all of us it's intergenerational inter, uh, trauma and that gets passed on and passed on even how we discipline our kids or how we talk to each other the, the reason that you might feel more weary about meeting a group of black men on the road as opposed to meeting a group of white men we're you know these things are, are deep but back to what you were saying about yourself personally um my disposition allows me to see things oftentimes in very very black or white mm. so where you're saying you feel the person could use it against you 
the adverse side of that or the other side of the whole coin is they could use it for you too and it's 50 50 and based on the fact that it's their job to assist you to have a better understanding of yourself the likelihood that they would use it against you is very low yeah their, their job is to help you so yeah any 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 and if you think about it in those terms any friend that you have can use the things that they know about you even the, the unspoken things just from knowing your habits well enough like any friend you have knows your schedule well enough that if they ever decided to rob your house they could do it <laughs> who's gonna stop them who's gonna who's like what what if the neighbors are gonna look at them funny or oh, oh this guy's here again he's always here the, the, these people are the most dangerous to us which is why the people that we care about are oftentimes the ones that hurt us the most because they know the most about us and then we also assume that because they know the most about us they should be the least likely to hurt us but that's not what would really make sense it's the person who knows you that can hurt you yeah, that's why the police go to the uncles and the dads first when there's a murder. They go straight to them because they know they know they know that you can they can know the, the person's pattern within a matter of months. They can learn the pattern because the person will be so free to talk to them about, oh yeah, I leave my house at five, I do this by six, and I go home by seven, and the police can like hang on, you can just narrow this down by just asking a couple of questions. You know? Yeah. That's what they the, do. The, yeah, the people that the people that you associate with know your patterns they know what you like to do where you like to do it and how you like to do it so what i would do i would i would recommend anybody to to um get therapy you have to be the first you can't recommend something you wouldn't try no 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 the reason why i wouldn't try is because uh, i say to you all the time i'm always i'm always not giving therapy to other people i'm always advising other people about certain things anyway so i kind of i kind of learn what i tell people if you kind of get what I'm saying. I, I learn of people always come to me with their problems and then I always think to myself, okay, I don't want to fall into that trap. So I try to like learn off, I try to learn off them. Think about it that way. Imagine that you already have this natural ability to do that. Imagine if your skill set was increased by not only having your natural ability, but also now what you would have learned by going through therapy in that um, someone's taken the time to answer your questions and help you through your your traumas and your sufferings and a lot of the times and you'll know this from someone who gives advice if the, the more the more or the less struggles and sufferings you're deal you're dealing with personally at the time when someone asks you for information the yeah. better advice you give because you have more of you to give so like that space is now freed up for somebody else because that space occupies somewhere inside of you those things that you said all your your thoughts and fears and and worries that you you would be uncomfortable expressing to somebody else if somebody helps you unravel that ball of yarn or that knot that's inside of you and helps you stretch it out again all that space that that those problems and you know thoughts were holding is freed up for something else now and you can use it to give to somebody else or learn a new skill you know what i'm saying does it make sense yeah it does make sense but like i said i am I'm, I, I can be honest with you about that. I'm afraid to do that. I don't, I don't, my family, like you said, my family has always come in a box where you don't, you don't show people your emotions because what you do is, once you show that emotion to someone, it's like you've lost a part of yourself. I've been, I've been brought up with that. Do you know what I mean? It's like a, it's like a layoff. It's like a layoff onions. I'm in the middle and that layer of onions is really thick. I can express my feelings to other people, the people that I love and, do all the things that I need to do with them but when it comes to myself I know I know myself I know where 
I know where I start, I know where I'm, I'm going the middle, and I know the end. I will try to, everything you said, I will make my daughter do the opposite from what I do. I will make her be the best person she can be. Everything, everything you just said, if she has a problem, I'll be able to deal with it. But when it comes to myself, I'm not saying it's too late. Maybe I probably will go to therapy when it comes to the point where I'm just like, you know what, I need to talk something about this. But right now, I think my mind is in so many different things. I just have to just basically just just each letter about these things to come off. I just need to take off all the layers, the layers, layer by layer by layer. And just eventually, I, I will get there. But right now, now, I don't, I don't have the confidence. I don't have all the more reason to go for it. That's yeah. like you got to look at therapy. Like I know what, literally what you just said about your daughter, and obviously your son too. Um, it's, you you got to liken it to what happens in a plane. God forbid you're in a plane crash. But what do they always say? You do first. They say you put on your vest first and then put on your child's yeah so you have to be in a state of security and safety and health to be able to better assist somebody else and i think if you look at it from that vantage point again the more healthy and, and free and oh in your own life the better partner you'll be uh the better um worker or creator you're like your creative faculties are sometimes being stifled by the things that make you feel a certain way so you could be more than what you are once someone helps you free that part of yourself yeah yeah i understand it because you know i've, I've always because i've always kind of kind of said to myself i kind of understand what the therapist is trying to do the therapist is trying to make you take control of your own life so for instance i I haven't seen a therapist before, but I've been in a therapist session and the therapist was asking the person that I knew questions. Mm. And then they were turning to me and asking me the questions. And I was like, I'm not here for this. And the woman goes, pardon. And I said to her, you're meant to be doing the therapy with them. You're, they're the ones that need you to sort them out. You trying to ask me the question for them. You're not getting a free session out of me. I said, I'm not paying for this. So she said, no, 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 I just want to hear your opinion of what, how they feel. So when I told them how I felt, the woman's like, oh, the woman goes to me, oh, where did you go to school? <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, normal primary school, Kingsdale, whatever. And she's like, oh, you sound very, um, you sound very educated. I was like, surprisingly, I said, I'm not actually. I said, I know it's, the difference between me is I, I'm in, I'm in control. I don't need you, not in a bad way. I don't need you to tell me how to run my life. I said, you're basically trying to tell this person how to get their life back in check because to round it up, all they want you to do is basically have control. You, it's, you don't have a control, a certain part of control in your life. That's why you need to talk to someone and you want to be able to work it out. And I realized with, with a lot of my friends, they ask me the questions so I can kind of work it out for them and I kind of think that's what a shrink kind of does but then if you're the shrink who shrinks the shrink do you know what I mean the, um, the way you describe that situation I'm going to assume it's a family member yeah no it wasn't a family member it wasn't, it wasn't okay okay well what what the what one of the perspectives that the and I, I could be playing devil's advocate because because I wasn't there for it, um, obviously um, that person was using you as an anchor you must have given off a certain amount of energy into that room that let them determine that this person will reinforce positive behavior and this person is better known 
to the individual we're trying to help than myself. So if I can use this person's perspective to help further what I'm trying to do here, I'll push my perspective through this individual. But you kind of shut them down and were like, look, no, 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 no. Which isn't helpful for the individual who's actually there for the therapy, to be fair. And that's not a bad or good thing. It's just, it could have been more beneficial for that individual if you'd have played along. Um, in terms of how I view therapy uh, and how I give uh, what I would call advice or or direction when my, 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 my friends and things, they call and ask. And they my friends say to me, and again, it could be my disposition that makes me see things very black and white. Like my friends will call me and say, I like, I'm asking you this about me and my partner because unlike a lot of my friends, you won't just take my side straight away. You'll break down both. Like I said to them, well, as long as you tell me everything, yeah, even, yeah, even yeah, the yeah, things yeah. that make know. you look bad, I'm going to weigh up what you said. I'm going to run it through everything that I know about relationship psychology and even scripture. And I'm going to give you back the answer. Now, sometimes I'll, be like, I'll give you the biblical answer or the secular answer. Which one do you want? And then, uh, but it's, I feel it's me. Like I look at each individual as someone walking down a path in the night. Yeah. And all I'm doing is handing them the batteries, not even being the flashlight. I'm just giving them the batteries for the flashlight so then they can point and see their way again. Yeah. And that's all it is. I'm not, I'm not pushing them. I'm not helping them be in control. Um, most people are in control that we had a, a business psychologist come into our workplace and explain to us that uh, 96% of what we do each day is, is perfect, but we focus on 4% because we're imperfect. And that 4% could be the thing that keeps us up at night when we overlook completely the other 96% where we nailed it. So based on that assumption, if, if the majority of people are hitting that 96% and they're coming to me, they're, they're asking me, how can I deal with my 4%? So I usually reinforce to them through just conversation that the 96% that they have is still there and they can use it to offset that 4%. Um, I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine today. I'm not going to go into it because I promised him confidentiality, but... It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, he... Like, I literally said back to him the things I know about him. And he said it to me like I put him back together. But I said, I was trying to explain to him, you were already whole. I just reminded you. Like, I didn't... I didn't make... There. That's why we're friends. You were already this, which is why you and I are friends. And all I've done now is reminded you because in a moment of weakness, you focused on your 4%. So some people need that's what I said to you. So the person that's come to you has they know that they can trust you in a sense where you can tell them the truth and they and they value your opinion. If they didn't value your opinion, they wouldn't talk to you. And it's it's a big 100%. thing. It's a really big thing to value someone's opinion and to be able to trust that person because people are so from watching movies to watching for even listening to other people to how the way they how they see the way how a girl treats a man for all or from where a man treats a woman trust is a big a really big thing and most people are broken down because of a girl's done something to a man or the man's done something to the girl and it's like oh i would never trust this person again and then that leaks out that causes ripples that causes ripples among loads of people and it comes i think it start. i think it stems from I think it stems from the first time you get hurt, you don't realise it, and then the second time. And then by the third time, people just tend to shut off and they're like, you know what? And then everyone gets affected by what somebody else has done to that person. And everyone just 
just gets affected by it. The ripples are real. Like it's like putting your finger in the water and that ripples just knock everybody over. And it doesn't matter who it doesn't matter if you it doesn't matter if you were the best trusting person in the world. That person will look at you like, sorry, no, I don't trust you because of what somebody else done to me in the past. You, for instance, that person trusts you to the point where he's able to listen to your conversation, he's able to listen to taking what you say, and he's listen, he's able to you've given him the energy and the power for him to say to himself, you know what? Yeah, he's right. I can do this because of what he said. True. And, and, that's, and, that's, and, and that's a good thing. And therapies like this, although I don't have that um, deep interpersonal connection like I would with a friend, the, the, the first thing Anastasia said to me was, every single thing we discuss here will remain between us unless you are talking about hurting somebody or hurting yourself. She goes, legally i have to let somebody know if you discuss either of those things she said but other than that she said any single thing you say outside of the realms of that regardless of how taboo it may be she says legally you are protected and it cannot be discussed and i at first i thought yeah okay this could be this is a false sense of security she could be trying to lure me into but then I yeah remember, you see that you see that there, that, that no, hang, there. On, hang on but then i remembered the fictional character tony soprano Although the character is fictional, the way his therapist talked to him is exactly the way therapists do talk. The therapist, so long as he talked in generalizations and didn't give out names and places, anything he discussed about his life in that office stayed there. And it was well known that he was the head of a mafia family. Yeah. And I think to myself, if somebody who's in such a sensitive position as being the head of a family can still go to therapy and benefit from that, Although being fictional, I mean, the mafia does exist in reality, but though being fictional, I thought to myself, if I don't feel comfortable with this after one, two, three, ten sessions, I can cut it off right there and all she'll have is what I gave her, which is still not all of me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good representative of, of, of what, if it, uh, of what is happening with people dealing with it, because you've taken a step where i see a lot of um, my friends not so family like a lot of facebook friends like i've got a question here and it says um oh what is it what is it hold on a second how other people's life have turned out after school i have been on facebook now for a while and i've seen a lot of people expressing their feelings on facebook people from my school these are not my friends like people from acquaintances from my school and they're depressed now i don't know if it's life in general we're all 35 now um the people that i believed that would be better in life the ones that were the bullies the ones that were the um the hit you know know, the it girls and you got the pretty ones and you got the ones that can beat you up and then you got the ones that haven't um i'm realizing the ones that were really the ones that were the ones that had the most status in school are the ones now on Facebook reaping that, oh, that they're depressed and they're down. And it even it's even got to the point where I've been on Facebook and one of the girls that was really big in my school, she's now on drugs, like hard narcotics. Brother. And it's weird. Like, how did you go from you see it every day in the movies you know the top boy in school when he comes out of school he's the guy still wearing the the same um uh what's it called you know that sometimes they say school um um high school is that sometimes he's the best 
part of people's lives after they leave high school that's it like they don't you don't ever hear from them and you don't see them again yeah they they peak too early basically they peak too early and it, and it's 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 hard it's it's really I, I, i'm a lot of people need help and i didn't realize it until i started to see the pattern a lot of people brother and it's it and it's sad and it's not only black people that need the help as well it's it's most people that lived in urban areas and didn't have the support or the support from their families because their families didn't really have the support neither it's just it's just trickle down like i said it's it's a massive ripple that needs to be addressed you're, you're right but and, and think about it um you go from being a big fish socially in high school in a big fish in a small pond to being a small fish in a big pond right after high school and that could be uh in 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 a, in a in a way culture shock because socially you have high social status in the school and then you go out into the job world and someone's talking to you like you're an idiot and maybe you're reinforcing that by your bad decisions and you just start to spiral because you've never had to deal with yourself this way because that's all it really is uh and then when you you finally have to deal with yourself after many years of not having to deal with yourself and oftentimes these popular people and these bullies they don't they're not the most educated amongst us it's not like we revered the guy who was really good at chemistry or you know what i mean or the girl who was really um did really well in math or something like that we don't we're not like oh she's popular to see how she solved that equation that's not what happens it's this person's the prettiest and pretty only goes so far and it fades it uh, fades very quick yeah it can fade very quickly um and getting all that attention and all those those good feelings and all those endorphins it then gets snatched away from you and you have to try and figure out well who am i if i'm not just pretty because in school the currency for being wealthy was pretty but in the real world there's loads of pretty people so where do i fit into that and if you don't basically check yourself um you'll end up in a spiral where you'll either revert back to the behaviors that you had in high school in an attempt to to relive past glory as it were or i mean the people that that thrive it's like they would say don't believe your own hype the worst thing you can do is believe that anything fantastic people tell you about you yourself you know be thankful that they say it but constantly assess yourself that is the only competition that you have and if you're not pleased with where you are think about how you yourself personally can improve and that means building character making better decisions and being consistent in both and a lot of people who were popular never had to do that because um if you were the tall muscular good looking guy things came to you very easily so you didn't have to do much self assessment every time you showed up you were treated like a celebrity and now life is telling you you were never a celebrity and the people that even used to revere you probably talking to you different now and you're not going to like that and you might try and flex on them or assert yourself but how are you going to assert yourself if the social dynamic of your life is no longer confined to a school day yeah i hear that and and that's that's the way to put it if i think back to school when i think of a group of 6 there was a group of 6 and they were in a school terms wealthy bullies the way you put it down it's 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 really bad and it comes to a point where now i've i've not seen any of them i've not really um hang around with them since school but seeing them 
on Facebook and the way they look drawn out. I even asked one of them the other day how many kids they had. And she said five. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, oh, you you said that in a way where where you sounded like you were disappointed in me. And I was like, oh, no, I'm saying, no, I'm not, I'm not disappointed in you. I just didn't think, are you working now? She's no. And I just thought, you know, all the I, I just warn kids all the things that you think of in school that are important when you leave school you know they're not important at all do you know what I mean you're never going to see these people again and when you do see them down the line where you where you put them on a pedestal a pedestal or they put themselves or the school or the year has put them in that pedestal when you see them in life like when life hits them it's a shock that's it's 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 just a really it's a really big shock where you can go into JD Sports and you can see this person working. And you're just like, wow, you work in JD Sports. But then the, but then the person that, like you said, the person that could solve the equation, I've never seen them again because... They're in that this... next stage. They made it to the next <laughs> yeah. level with yeah. ease. Yeah, they're in that next stage where it's... You're, you're, I'm never going to see them because they're probably working in West End. They're probably working for MI5. They're probably working for the BBC. They're probably abroad. They're probably doing something that is valuable. And we just... Well, they, because they did what they were supposed to do. School is a learning environment. Yeah. Fantastic if you're popular or you're good at sport and you're able to translate that to something that... Because I know popular people that... Like, I have a friend. Well, she was more Yolanda's friend. She now works for E! Entertainment. And she's relatively famous. Relatively. Yeah. Um, and she used that popular, bubbly spirit of hers and translated it into... Uh, entertainment journalism so it can work i know guys that played sports and some of them made it to the nfl or the nba even wow that's really good but that's but we lived in california so those kind of things aren't terribly unusual yeah um but not everybody that was popular is doing what christine is doing uh, you know so it's like there there's, it swings around about um would i want christine's life no but I'm happy that she 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 was able to translate her natural abilities into something that was profitable for her. Yeah, that's that's why I say to people, you need to find you need to find your you need to find your passion in life instead of working for money. That's the one thing that I've I've realized since I've realized if you work for money and not your passion, you become miserable because you start to realize Absolutely. money is everything. I've got this is saying where I can admit it for a little while I used to do it I used to flaunt what I had because I believed that I, I went again I went against all principles about uh, 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 about myself I went from having no money to having money to having a lot of money to flaunting it to basically be like yeah, the floating now has to stop because it's just you just look ridiculous doing it. And I'm trying to revert back to my old self. But because I've been floating so much, you know, the expectation is meant to be my expectation is higher now because I've been floating. But you put that pressure on yourself. Exactly. And so, it's cultural too because uh, I'll, I won't even say African uh, culture. Um, probably more obvious in African culture, but West Indian culture also has this um, this need or this desire to show how well you're doing in life, yeah? Yeah. And some people call it stunting, flossing, whatever you want to call it. And 
whenever I get into the position where I think that I'm headed down that path now, because I I went there too, you know I did. Uh, <laughs> I think to myself, again, I run it through scripture because I'm I'm an avid reader and I, I really enjoy reading my Bible, sometimes even my Quran. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think to myself, I read an example and I was explaining this to someone on Instagram, the story of King Hezekiah. So King, King Hezekiah, he's a... Uh, I think he's the grandson of King Solomon. Mm-hmm. And I worked out today how much money King Solomon was making a year by today's standards. Yeah. King Solomon was getting 666. The number is not of any great significance, although being 666. He was getting 666 talents of gold per year. By, by today's standards, he was pulling in yearly because you have to multiply it by like 1.45 million. Yeah. He was pulling in about nine billion a year. Nine billion a year. So he was Jeff Bezos of his time. Um, and having that kind of money is obviously going to come with accumulated generational wealth. So now King Hezekiah, he's loaded. He's the grandson of one of the greatest kings Israel's ever seen. And these men from the east came to his kingdom. And he decided he wanted to floss on them and stunt, even though the law strictly forbade such behavior god said you're not supposed to do those things um he went and he, he went he went and showed them the temple in jerusalem he went and showed them all the the, the artifacts and, and 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 jewels and gifts and things that had been acquired mostly through his grandfather and he was just basically stunting on them and they were all impressed but what he those men from the east were the, recon- were the reconnaissance team of Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar got the report of what was in Israel and he rolled back with a massive army and enslaved all the Israelites and took every single item from the temple back to Babylon. Yeah. Because he- Hezekiah was flossing, not just because he was flossing, but also the Israelites had stopped worshiping God the way they were supposed to. But his flossing basically showed it's like and i was trying to explain to him basically if you show off enough all you're doing sometimes is telling someone how to rob you to me i think it shows your i think it shows your character and your weakness yeah yeah this is it 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 can create a weakness because all the stuff that you have that is tangible can be taken from you by the government uh by poor business dealings by natural disaster by illness you know, if you get sick and you want to be healthy, you'll give everything you have in your hand to make sure you get that medicine. Yep. So it's like, why show off about that stuff? So you've been blessed. Good for you. The people around you that you care about know you've been blessed. And if you're kind and considerate and sharing, you know, where, where and when you can, you're not obligated to do it all the time. You share that wealth even. But if you want to just roll by looking super fly just to make everybody feel away, which we even hear in songs, uh, that you could be making yourself into a target. Yeah. So, but it's weird. It's funny the way it's, it's funny you say that. But from the from the beginning of time, it's always been, it's always been in our human nature to to show off to a point where we have to show off to like to to even like to mate or to to even to get a spouse or to or even to even have someone in your life in a sense where because you have to show off you have to show off a little bit you have to show your yeah we're mammals you, I, yeah. I get what you're saying you have to show your plumage that the birds not even just mammals 
um, birds, avian creatures. They do little dances, they build nests, they bring little jewels like penguins even. They bring that little special perfect smooth zone for their partner. Um, pen- uh, dolphins do a special dance in the water. Um, we're, we're part of the earth, we're biological creatures. When we want to attract a mate, we do need to show them that we're capable of not only fathering young, but also in that we can provide security and structure for that family. Yeah. So we do it too, but when a guy rolls by uh, in his Fendi tracksuit or in his new whip, he's not trying to mate with the guys on the block. I mean, if he is, that's his business, but you get what I'm saying? You're doing that just to make them feel like they're less than you. Especially yeah. if, because you don't go roll through a rich neighborhood to try and show off that you're doing well. Because who's going to pay attention to that? No one's going to pay attention. No there one's you go. Attention. So you, you're, you're basically doing it to people that you feel you can now show them that they're on the lowest status. And they're usually people that you came up with. So it's your way of showing them that, look, we all came from here, but I'm doing better than you. <laughs> and again, very dangerous. Because I guarantee you there's more people who aren't in your boat than are. And if you keep doing that stuff, your boat's going to get rolled up on by some hungry pirates. Yeah, and and it's yeah, it's that simple sometimes. You know, there's people that's died over their their their, uh, their their sneakers, their shoes, because they were in the hood and they had on some nice sneakers. A couple thugs rolled up to the court, sold them in the sneakers, said, "Give me your sneakers." Kid said, "No," get clapped. That was happening in LA all the time. The okay, was- you know what? You said right. You said this. Uh, you said this hood, this um, hood thing. I want to get into this thing because I've I've. I recently been hearing about this hood thing recently and I don't I don't know if it's because I'm older I don't know if you see it the way I see it as well I'll be 38 next month what do you mean older <laughs> okay so okay so for instance okay I'll ask you a question say yeah. someone told you oh come to my estate come and link me yeah would you go yes okay can I stop right okay right. can I ask you why would you go because anyone I know that would invite me to where they live for us to be friends would have my best interests at heart and wouldn't bring me into a situation where I might be unsafe. Okay, so when I ask you, okay, so even when someone says to you, oh, I live here and you go, do you feel unsafe in yourself to go to that place? What, to the person living there? Okay, anywhere, anywhere. So if I if I if I was to ask you, okay, so basically, if you lived in East London, and I told you, oh Lee, I'm in South, come to Lewisham. I'm I, I and I give you the address. Do you feel? Do you do you say to yourself, oh man, it's in South London. I can't go there because I live in East. Do you do that, or do you just or do you just come? Well, maybe it's a bit naivety on my part, but. I grew up in California, 10 minutes down the down the road from Oakland, California. And I used to deliver car parts in Oakland. In the really, Oakland? Yeah, in the really rough or even dangerous parts. You'd roll through there in the middle of the day. There were hookers out in the daytime. Police would roll <laughs> by, not do nothing to them. Uh, there, were, there were groups of men standing on the corner doing whatever they were doing outside the liquor stores or just on the corners of their blocks. And I'd be li- delivering parts because a lot of their houses were adjacent to the industrial buildings that fixed vehicles. So I'll be rolling through there and I'd always come back and they'd be like, how was it? And I'd be like, it was fine. They're like, no one did anything? I said, why would anyone do anything? And they're like, no one tried to get in the truck? I said, why would someone try to get in? I mean, one time a hooker tried to do a mate with my side mirror at a light, but that was about it. And I drove off and that was that. 
um, I was like, I grew up in I grew up in California to where it was like this. We had gangs in our school. We had guys with guns in their lockers in their school. And I got into a beef, and one of my homeboys, he's this Vietnamese guy, who's his 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 street name is Ty. We just called him Ty. And I got into a beef, and he was like, "Yo, I got my piece in the uh, in the uh, in my locker if you need it." And I felt that's. I was shocked. I turned to him. I said, no, 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 it's not that deep. I said, the most, we might punch each other. Like, I was like, I'm not trying to kill nobody out here. He's like, yo, <laughs> yo, if you need me, like, if you need me. And these Vietnamese kids, don't get it twisted. They were on dirt. Yeah, of course and they are, brother. They, I was that's like, red from war. And this, red is, from and this war. is it. It's like the Somali kids. You come from a war-torn country, you're more likely to be uh, comfortable with being violent. Now, that's not true of all Somali kids or all Vietnamese kids. But where these guys had came from, to be a man in their societies, in their culture, you had to be willing to shed blood. So that was his reality. And he was trying to bring me into that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll kill, but it will be the last resort option. And it will be because I feel that I am actually in danger also of death. And me having a fight with a guy in a classroom about whatever bullshit it was, is not good enough for me to want to take his life. See, and, the reason why the reason why I asked you that because it doesn't translate to me where but, and this, and I'm this from point. I'm from South London and I've moved to East. Everything I heard about East, East London was false. Everything I Well this is knew, it. This I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to say it. it's like if you if you're not part of a certain lifestyle, I call it like walking around a board cube. Until you are a threat to the Borg, they will ignore you inside of their own spaceship. No, 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 no. The Borg is embellished to the point where if you don't cause them a threat, it wouldn't matter to me. Okay, how can I put this? Any estate in London, I can probably walk into because, because I am not afraid. And I'll tell you why I'm not afraid. You can't just walk up to me and intimidate me because this is your estate i'm not afraid because oh once my friend got beat up in this estate by this person i've never no one has ever i have walked through estates no one has ever walked up to me and gone raw blood what are you doing here what? again and this is what I'm, I'm we're saying the same thing i'm saying it's how you've also carried yourself now when i say you're not a threat um if there's if they're selling drugs in that estate yeah mm-hmm. and you come over to their estate and start trying to sell drugs indirectly you become a threat to their business yeah? yeah if you come into their estate and you're trying to hook up with all the girls in their estate indirectly you've become a threat if you're just the average guy you don't dress and act in a way that makes you look like you're trying to stand out as a bad guy or a tough guy or whatever then you stay off the radar if you if you carry yourself like you're trying to do stuff you know which is usually ego based anyway it's like Ah, I can't. What I wanted to, that, that's what I wanted to get on. Well, this is it. I'm like, it's just ego based. It's it nothing is ego to do with based. anything. But, because but, you can be, a, you, you could be, a, you could be surrounded by twenty people. I yeah. could walk through an estate. Twenty people see me. It takes one person with the ego to go. How dare he walk up through our estate when, when he hasn't, when he hasn't been allowed to? And it takes the one ego person to walk up to you and say to you, but, "What but the this, fuck are you doing?" This is it. Like my cousins grew up in. Uh, Dalston and, and what I find out now in my later years of life was a very dangerous estate. I never felt afraid there. I used to play with the kids there. I used to be happy to go there on a Saturday. And I was like, I never once felt afraid. Uh, anytime I saw somebody, they'd be like, 
I've heard people say, oh, that's Dolores' nephew. And I never thought about it. But I was thinking, okay, yeah, I am Dolores' nephew. So it doesn't, or he's Dolores' family. So no one's going to question me again. I have a connection to that building that is good enough for the people that are there. Now, if I was coming in there on a regular basis and I didn't really know anybody and I looked shifty or, you know, you know, to the point where you stand out mm. and, and it makes people question your reason for being there to mm. the point where it makes them uncomfortable because this is where they sleep at the end of the day. That could bring you into that. You know what I'm saying? It, and that's why I use the Borg analogy. If, if you're not, if, if you go into a Borg cube and start shooting, the boys are gonna all descend upon you at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And they all they do is assimilate you. Whereas in the hood, you come in a, an estate the wrong way. You, on your way out, you might catch a few knife wounds. I know, but I'm I'm seeing people afraid to go to certain areas. Like people in East and South are scared to come. But that's, to but that's the lifestyle South. that they're living in the area they yeah, live. Yeah, but it's bull. I, I have to say this. I have to be honest with you. It's bullshit. It's it's utter shit. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's where you believe it's where you believe you hold yourself well in, again in it, society it, this ties complete shit yeah, it's no, complete it, rubbish it, it, isn't, it isn't it ties directly to a and this is the sad part about it it is a continuation of the false reality or the false social dynamics of high school it's just extended out to where you live now there are people that are quote unquote from the hood that never bought into that mentality. So they can go in and out of any hood like you or I, because they never bought into that that whole nonsense about you, I'm from here, this means this about me. That's not. I live here because that's where the, the government gave my mom a house. Or I, I live here because this is what we could afford. I live here because it's close to my other family members. When you have the mentality that way, you can flow in and out. Because if you think about it, it's only men that predominantly have this problem. Women don't worry other than, you know, the fact you know, even women worry in their own estates. Women worry because, you know, it, being a woman can make you vulnerable in certain areas because men aren't the best creatures on the planet, to be fair. Uh, we're more likely to hurt a woman than another man if we saw them in a position of vulnerability, statistically. So it's just them buying into that mentality that, oh, this is this is where I live, so everyone's going to know I'm from here because I'm known. So what? Like that that guy who's never bought into the bullshits from the same place you are, he doesn't worry about that. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's and that's the type of thing. That's the type of thing that worries me about people. And I see a lot of people doing what you just said. Oh, I can't go here because here they they might see me. I'm like, no, no one gives a shit who you are. Believe me, I have been on this earth for twenty five years. I have been many places. I have never been attacked in any estates no one has ever come up to me if you do the gesture you say if you're staring in someone's face you and go. you know just say well one you don't even have um, trust me 99 percent of the time people go to you what's good yeah <laughs> i will literally say if someone's staring at me or a group of guys staring at me especially if they're black men now i say what's good young kings yeah and they what do they say back to you yeah, oh, oh yeah cool 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 that's they it love it right they fucking love this shit Okay. It, it it just diffuses anything that they could have been thinking. I've addressed them with respect, called them all kings. Um, and, you know, when guys grow up in a certain situation and they don't get enough respect, just giving a little bit of respect in a situation like that goes a very long way. Uh, to, to the point about the whole moving from place to place and being worried about where you go, I remember this this situation now that you, you brought it back to my mind by talking about this. 
I was in In-N-Out Burger in a place called Union City, which is a, a small city in between where I'm from and Oakland. So people from Oakland show up there, people from where I'm from show up there because it had the movie theater, had all the restaurants, it had all the bars, had the big Walmart, it had everything there. Uh, and we're all there and this girl comes up to me in, in, in an Outburger, which didn't usually happen to me. I mean, I, I, I consider myself a decent looking guy, but it's not like women were throwing themselves at me. Um, so she's come up to me and she's like, yo, what set you claim? And I said, excuse me? She's like, yo, what set you claim? And I said, really? and I said to her, I don't have a set of anything. She goes, no, what, what hood are you repping? And I literally looked at her and I did, again, maybe it's my disposition, but I just said to her, I just live in a house with my mom and my sisters. And she like kind of chuckled and she looked at some guy across the room who looked dangerous and just shook her head. Now, imagine if I had tried to show off and be like, yo, I claim da 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 da. I'm a crip, son. Da 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 da. And that guy was a <laughs> blood. I could be dead right now for bullshit. Yep, for bullshit. Or, or, or yelled out a neighborhood that was in where she was from because I had family members there and I wanted to hold that that title. Like, I know a guy from, like, he's from, he's from Clay Hall and he was yelling out, yo, I'm from Plasto, fam. Da 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 da. And these guys beat the shit out of him. He ain't even from Plasto. Imagine you held a beating for a place that you aren't even from because you was trying to show off and show out. Okay, what? Okay, so you know the funny thing about it was the reason why I got into this topic is because you okay, there's certain people that I know, certain people in life that I know that claim that claim that there's certain places or certain areas that they can't go, and it's 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 all high. It's all to me. It's 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 all an illusion in their head of what's going on. The reason why I brought this topic up was because I went somewhere last week for four days and it had to be for intensive training to do something yeah, yeah. and um the person that i was getting taught by he he was a he was a trained uh, he was trained in security and he was giving us basically a lecture on things that things to look out for and things to be aware of when on the street as a security guard so i said okay tell me so I, sometimes I don't like being in the class and being the only person that keeps sticking up their hand to answer the question. Like you know, when, you know when you feel like that person, that like you feel like the person that's trying to defuse the question a bit, a bit because what like like their like their perspective on life, you have a totally different perspective on life because where they've lived and where you've lived, you can kind of be like, uh, yeah, the reason why that's probably happened is because of this, but you're just seeing it from. You're seeing it from that side because you live on a farm. I live in the I live I live on the estate. You live in the farm, so you only see the you only hear the music. Yeah. You don't you don't hear why the music's on because Gregory has just uh, been promoted at work, so we're throwing a party for him. All you hear is a loud noise. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So he was talking about. <laughs> he said ninety nine percent of the time when someone is wearing a tracksuit, imagine that when someone's wearing a tracksuit. I know where this is going. Yeah, ninety-nine percent of the time, when he has done a search, they have drugs. So I said, "Pardon." So I raised my hand. I'm like, "What the fuck is going on here?" So I raised my hand, and he goes, "What's the problem?" I said to him, "Hold on." So I said to him, "Ninety-nine percent of the time, if anyone's on the street and they wear a tracksuit, they have drugs." He said, "Yes." So I was like, "Hold on." I said to him. I said to him, today, 
I'm wearing a shirt and I'm wearing black jeans and I'm wearing my, my, my TS. He goes, yeah. I said, tomorrow, I'm going to come here in my tracksuit. And he goes, why are you going to do that? And I said to him, because you've just basically told me that 99% of the time that I'm walking around with my tracksuit on, I have drugs in my pocket. So I said, so what does that mean? So I said to him, if the police see me then, are they automatically going to stop me? He goes, yes. So I said to him, so you're stereotyping me. You're stereotyping someone because they have drugs. So because they wear the tracksuit. He said, no, no, no. But I said, wait a minute. I said, so I said, you need to break this down for me a little bit. So I said to him, I have told you what I do for a living. And he goes, yeah. I said, I earn more money than everybody in this classroom. And he goes, yes, you do. So I said to him, so let me get this right then. So if I wear a, a tracksuit tomorrow, you're basically trying to tell me I'm not allowed to. You're basically trying to say I, I, if I wear a tracksuit, I'm gonna get stopped by police because I, yeah, I perceive for them that I'm have drugs. You were right so, to question him. Yeah, so he's doing next, two yeah. terrible things there. He's, yeah. he's 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 racially profiling. Yes, because we know who wears tracksuits for that for uh, by and large, and he's he's teaching people to racially profile but yeah that's... yeah so basically what i did was the next day i said to them i said to the whole class when he was at the classroom i said to him, I said to him from this day forward everybody they said yes i'm said i'm wearing a tracksuit every day and i said to him and i said to them on each day i come here i'm not going to get stopped by police i said i'm going to walk down the road no one's going to trouble me i'm not going to have any fights and no one is going to stop me from getting into any building because supposedly to him I look like a drug dealer. On the last day of the class, I wore a bright blue tracksuit. Bright blue. Matching. Everything was matching. So he goes to me, I know what you did. So I said to him, what did I do? He goes, you wore a tracksuit every day on purpose. I said to him, I am a father. I have a job. I am a manager where I work. I'm hiding. I'm, 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 what's the word? I'm, I'm held in a high esteem where I am at work even if it's a business of retail and I said what you did to me you basically told me what to wear and what I'm not allowed to wear because of a stereotype that is false I said not one time did no police stop me I said I've been in no fights I have been in nothing but you have told this whole class what to watch out for and I said it's wrong so he goes why I said to him Nike, I said, the guy that designs the tracksuit, I said, did he get arrested for wearing the tracksuit? I said, did he get arrested for designing the tracksuit? And he goes, no. I said, why not then? He goes, oh, because they're the designers. I said, but I'm just the wearer. That's not my fault. Yeah. That you believe that every person that wears a tracksuit is a drug dealer. I said, so I can guarantee you, I can show you the drug dealers, but you will never know. Absolutely. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, I can show you the drug dealers. I can show you them. I said, I said, I said, I said, I said, I could probably be on the bus and I can show you a woman with a big handbag that's wearing a skirt and a, and a shirt and she's got drugs in her bag, but you would yeah. never believe it. And he goes, oh no, but majority of the time, I said, no, no, no. You just told me, I, like, like, like now I'm telling you how the stereotype goes. I said, that's my stereotype for your people. You've just stereotyped my people in a group because we're wearing a tracksuit. And he couldn't believe me. And I, I'll be honest, I was the most disruptive person in that class because well, some he, of the, the guys, he's not teaching. Yeah, that, you know, anytime, anytime I came back home and I spoke to my missus, my missus was like, what the fuck are you learning there? 
And I was like, babe, seriously? I said, it's more of a debate in the classroom than it is anything that I've ever seen. And probably, you know, the funny thing about it, he was from South Africa. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Why didn't you start with that? I knew I would have known everything I needed to know. He was from South Africa. He had a stereotype of people that was yeah, very, going very, to be disturbing. very disturbing about the you're, way you're lucky was. you're colored. You might not have gotten a word advice. No, it, he had to <laughs> allow me to because I found I found he would talk about he would talk about um he would talk about like he would break down like there was okay there was two african guys behind me I, i'm sorry to i'm sorry to have you to say that african because i have to say their nationality because i'm not saying that all african men are arrogant or they but they have a a way about them that when they tell you something because they've had life experiences their life experience when they tell you you have to believe them and there was a situation cultural, where they, they expressed themselves differently okay yes yeah, so it, there's a cultural difference so there was um there was a situation where they were talking about a a person, a boy that was on an estate and he didn't understand, they didn't understand why the guys were out on the estates and they were um, selling drugs and talking loud and out, out and out all night long. Where's their parents? So I'm, you know, when you're listening and I'm, I'm smiling, I'm smiling at this, I'm smiling, I'm smiling. And they're looking at me like, oh, um, Teddy wants to say something and I'm like I know I don't want to say anything I said because if I say something I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make you guys just I said you guys are not gonna like me at the end when I say that like, no 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 talk 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 I said okay fine I'll, I'll, I'll explain myself I said where I said where, where's the parents of the um, of the children do you know where the parents are no 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 that's not the point the parents are probably they're normally inside they're probably just sleeping I said not I said majority of the time they're not sleeping parents are at work that's what I said because the parents are at work yeah, but that's not that. That's not the. That's not the. The parents should look after the child. I said, you need to understand this society. I have to work to provide for my children. If I don't work, I'm on the dole. And then you say, oh, I'm paying my taxes for you to have more children. I said, sometimes it's hard for a woman to be home twenty four seven, looking after her son, and guiding him to do certain things that she wants him to do if she's not home I said she needs to feed him she needs to look after him yeah he she, might her focus is on his basic needs he's she's not he's... able to get everything oh right so then I said she done it so then they started coming back to me well that's the parent I said I know it's the parent but I said sometimes what you need to understand is don't just jump in the deep end and, and find out why this boy is out at 11 o'clock I said his mum probably did give him set of rules and she did give him a set of rules for him to be home at a certain time but he hasn't he hasn't followed it i said maybe she did cook for him and he has hard food when he goes home but i said what's the one thing a kid wants to do i said when you have a young child of 14 15 the last thing they want to do is go home and tell their friends oh yeah i've got yam and dumplings i said when you get older you learn to love that type of stuff but i said when you're young you want to eat the same things that your friends are eating you want to go and eat fish and chips you want to go yeah. and eat chicken and chips it's a way because to that's, what, that's what your friends are doing yeah and I, I, I'm in class and I'm I'm having to say these type of things and I'm like I'm not educated more than you guys but I feel that you guys you don't are understand in a way, the world because you grew up in certain environments that most people would say were urban or even dangerous in some to some degrees but you didn't buy into it 
So you have the perspective of the environment without the mentality that many people adopt with it. So you are, I lived it. I yeah, lived you're unique. That. You're unique I in that regard. So, so they can't get past it. See, if they're older African men, they're they're thinking, well, their mother and father should be telling them this and this and this. And you're like, well, yeah, if they had both those things, and and let's say they don't, then the mom's at work. She's she's busting her her ass to make sure that there's food on the table. And this guy who should be in his house, probably doing his homework, is outside doing what all of his friends who should be in their houses doing their homework are doing. And they're just hanging out like teenagers do anywhere. Uh, it's just because of where they live and the amount of funds that they have, they're all going to congregate in a group close to their house. Yep. If, if they were wealthier kids of single parent families, they'd be out in their cars, maybe wreaking havoc elsewhere. Who knows? But primarily, they're going to be all be just hanging out where it's the most you know affordable for them to be which is literally outside their house yeah but then when you make when you make it sounds like you're making excuses for people and their parenting that you're that that, that, that they're not doing I don't well. know what goes on in people's houses all i can yeah. say is i can explain things i can't always excuse things i'm not happy that they're outside any more than you but i'm not gonna vilify them for it it doesn't make them bad people yeah and like judging i said to people don't judge people on what you see you don't know what that family is going through you don't know why that child is outside you don't know what is going on i said i said to someone i said to someone not all people sell drugs because they're gangsters yes they are i said no i said how do you know that child is not hungry what do you mean he's hungry i said how do you know he's not hungry and he's like oh because i said he might be hungry he might be selling drugs because his mom's job might only keep the lights on and not food in the refrigerator Thank you. And I said, and what is a child going to do? They're not going to... Baba, certain children are not going to sit there and watch their mom struggle. They're not going to do it. Absolutely. And I read a book called Freakonomics, and it literally breaks down that the average drug dealer, average drug dealer in the United States, makes just close to what someone at McDonald's would make from working a shift. But the thing is, there's no stigma. Well, in the hood, the stigma attached to working at McDonald's is worse than the stigma of being a drug dealer. So what do they do? I can save face and make pretty much the same money and not have to wear the golden arches on my shirt. But I'm making the same money. So unless you're at the top of that pyramid, because drugs is a pyramid scheme. If you're not at the top, you're not really making any money. You're breaking even. You know? That's true. So it's like, like if you want to stretch, like, the, the numbers, the statistics tell you exactly what's happening. Like everybody in the, if everybody in the neighborhood is selling weed, then the, the neighborhood is flooded with a product and all business works on supply and demand, which means if there's an oversupply, the price of whatever everybody's selling, is not going to be very high, which means the chance for profit is very low. Now you want to know who drug dealers are moving on in the same vein. It's those, those guys in the peacoats in the pub who go in the bathroom and sell their wares. Oh, they're loaded or the, the Asian dudes that shot heroin because they have connections in parts of Asia through the poppy fields and whatnot. Oh, they're loaded, but you want to hassle me in my tracksuit? Like, <laughs> like, there's a reason that, that chicken shop names change all the time. I did a study on this. The chicken shop names in most neighborhoods flip all the time. When you, when you change the name of a store, you get a new set of books. Yeah, new yeah. set of books. So if you were ever audited, they would say, okay, this store opened up in such and such. It changed from uh, Chicken King to Chicken in the Bucket. And now we get a new set of books. 
they they shuffle these stories in amongst themselves yeah and and they're able to keep the price of chicken and chips at a ridiculously low price because all that place is really used for is to wash heroin money that's all it's, it's just perfect. a front it's perfect yeah it's a front it's somewhere we can wash money out we wash out enough money we change the name of the store we sell it to our cousin who's also doing the same thing we are and we just keep rotating who owns these chicken shops and changing the name every now and then you go in it's the same people selling the same product they, they're in a different uniform now and they got a new set of books and we keep washing that money people and what he just explained is called money laundering very much so and people don't understand me and my missus the other day were trying to work out where <laughs> it sounds really bad now this podcast has turned a new league me and my missus were trying to make out we were trying to work out where you could money launder in this country really badly and there's there, there we've we found a lot of places like <laughs> a lot of places. grocery stores Gro- shops. <laughs> Uh, grocery stores are the ridiculous ones. We found we found real estate companies, these little crappy oh real estate, um, oh. these fake insurance brokers. Um, oh my gosh, yeah, fake phone shops like high, like like not like E or anyone like one of those uh, the ones outside the shop, Abdi Mobile or something. <laughs> yeah, you know the ones that you know the ones that are sitting. You know the ones that are sitting outside yeah. the, um, the, the oh, sweet shop. They run money to those bad boys. And they never sell. And every time you go there, they've always got the same phone. Yeah, I'm not the phones phone. are from like um, 2010. And it's like, that's a 10-year-old phone. Like, how are you even got that <laughs> in the window still? Oh, you know, we, we do a lot of business overseas. I'm like, so take the shop there. <laughs> but, but, I, you know, I was saying to my missus, I was saying to her, I would, I would believe that, you know, those, the, you know, the hair weave places, the aces and the, uh, the, um, the hair shops. Yep. I said to my missus, they're running money through there like crazy. Absolutely. Have you seen a program called Ozark? Yes. One of my favorite programs. The last that, coming up. That program showed me everything I need to know. It sounds really bad about white Southern men. I <laughs> tell you now. Oh, they're massive drug dealers. The South, the South alone. You see what he did in Ozark. What I liked about Ozark was, and the guy that was Jason Bateman. Yeah, I don't know if you read anything about it. They, they, he was kind of hated upon because he basically showed a white suburban family turning to the dark side and how easy it was to be corrupted and to become the drug lord yourself. I said to Veron, I said to my missus, he is the drug lord, and she's like, no, no, he's. I said, no, 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 he's the drug lord. She's like, what do you yeah, mean? I said, he's an he accountant that's in over is the top. I said, he is worse than the drug lord because I said, it's his plan and it's his operation. The drug lord needs him more than he needs the drug lord. He he only fears the drug lord because he can shoot, he can get shot at any time. And he can I said, kill his he, family too. Yeah. I said, if he really was organized, I said, he could take the drug lord out like that. But he loves it. He loves what he's doing. Yeah. So badly, he would never get rid of the drug lord. I said, babe, the drug lord can threaten him all the time he wants. But I said, he doesn't really care. He doesn't really care. He loves it. Even it got to the point where his wife was even good at it as well. And I hope the next season they get into politics and they run the whole fucking world. I swear to God. No, I don't know if it's going to end that way. But 
the statement that you made about him loving it, it's the same exact thing that happens at the end of uh, Breaking Bad. When Skyler sits with Walter White for the last time, and he, he tries to, she thinks he's going to start off on his spiel about how he did it for the family. And he goes, no. He said, I did it for me. I liked it. And I was good at it. And he was honest about it. He, him ducking danger and doing terrible things and having to outwit people and selling drugs and making lots of money, it made him feel alive and he was dying from cancer. And he admitted what his motivation was. It wasn't his family. Initially it was, but then it became about him. It was him feeding his ego. And that's what's happening with the Jason Bateman character. Learn your passion. You have to learn your passion and run with it. If you learn what's passionate about yourself, you can do wonders and it becomes not about money it becomes about fulfillment if you can find fulfillment in anything that you do and you're happy in life and you can kind of make money from it you're the happiest person in the world i will say this white privilege does help in terms of basically what you were talking about and what your 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 instructor was saying that whole tracksuit argument i've said it numerous times if walter white or jason bateman were black Ozark would be one season and, and so would uh, Breaking Bad. <laughs> they would have wrapped that up quick. They'd be like, oh, that Negro's doing something over there. Let's get him. That would have been it. He <laughs> would have got caught up on a, on, a, on a random piece of BS. What are you doing out here in the wilderness? Nope, this don't feel right. Black people don't like the wilderness. <laughs> one season. One season. <laughs> they'd be like, they'd be like, yep. they'd be like, they'd be, they'd be like what's the temperature? What's the temperature? 16 below. Yep. Niggas don't, niggas don't like the cold. What the fuck you really mean? Like? I, I, the I, I, that's what I said. I was like, they'd have wrapped it up in one season. One season. <laughs> they'd be like, no, this don't, this don't sit right. Why are, you, why are you out here buying car washes and whatnot? What's that about? You like to wash your car, huh, buddy? It just, it's just, it, it'd have been over. So the reason that the biggest drug dealers are not black. <laughs> Chris Rock said it. He's like, the only people that are allowed to profit from pain are white people. Yep. The moment a little brown man in Colombia started making too much money, they rolled on there and killed him. Yeah, exactly. Ninety-three. Um, uh, my missus, my missus loves him. She absolutely I, loves I, him. You know what? I I respect what he did, but at the same time, he was a mass murderer, and it was more. He was, he, he, and I say mass murder, not in a sense that that makes him good or bad. He was in a war. And if I call him a mass murderer, George W. Bush is a mass murderer. Tony Blair is a mass murderer. It's, you know, we accept the war that a, a country makes against another country because we live there and, and we're sped through the media that this had to happen because of X, Y, and Z. But what was happening in Pablo Escobar's life, if you think of him as a country, it was the same thing. So I get, I, calling him a mass murderer is not entirely fair. Like I got in an argument with a friend of mine who was trying to explain to me that Nelson Mandela was a terrorist. And I said to her, no, it's- Wait, 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 wait. What'd you just say to me? <laughs> she, she tried to tell me that Nelson Mandela was a terrorist. You see, this is why, Look, you need to get, can you get that guy on the podcast? Can you get him on the podcast? No, it's a she, and she would never come on. Because I, I basically <laughs> had to hear a new one. And I said to her, so these people have shown up in this man's country, have basically enslaved himself and the rest of the population that are indigenous to that region. 
They've enslaved them and are murdering them and torturing and raping them. And he maybe conspires to blow up a building there. He's the terrorist? How? You see, okay. You see me, I'm the type of person that when I read, like you, for instance, you're the type of person, you see things for what they are. And what you do is you box them in, you learn about it, you don't say nothing. You don't say nothing. You hear other people, you hear, you hear them say, oh, um, Nelson Mandela is a hero. You hear it, but you know his true history. And what you're doing, you're gathering all this information, you're gathering it. And the one person that comes to you and goes to you, oh, Nelson Mandela is a terrorist. You go to him, wait, explain to me how. Exactly what you just said to that person. Yeah, I said this. this, I know it sounds bad. I keep, I try not to say these things out loud to myself. Okay, because when people hear what I say, they go, "How dare you say that? That's wrong." I say the same thing. I know it sounds mad. I said the same thing about Hitler, and someone said to me that I was rude because of he killed thousands and thousands of Jews. Killed six million. yeah, and I shouldn't say that. And I said, hold on a second. So I said, I said, okay. when the Americans and the English go to Iraq and kill women and children that are sitting down watching TV and then a bomb hits their house and it blows up and blows a little girl's leg off, you turn around and you call that nation a hero. They went to a man's country. If you hear, if you listen to Hitler's story from when he was young, even that Madabi, Mugabe, um, Genghis Khan um, all these leaders that basically got up one day and said you know what fuck it I've had enough and they went out and they made mass murder if you read their, like even their mothers, if you read their stories from when they were young from when they were growing up it's always another nation that does something to somebody else and then they get called a tyrant. They don't, they don't get called a hero. They get called a tyrant. Hitler's a tricky one. I get where you, I get what you're saying. The thing about Hitler is he came to power the same way Donald Trump came to power. It was a perfect storm. What happened after World War One was the Allies that won World War One. They levied so many sanctions and taxes on the German economy and took away so much of the land that the Germans had acquired prior to the war that the Germans were left crippled. And it was basically done so the Germans could never reach power again and cause the same world war again. It was like, we're going to spank you every day. Yeah, but how did Germany... But think about this. Germany's small, brother. No, it's, it's not. Small. It wasn't. Because it was... The German Empire was... At one time, was it was connected to the... Um, it was part of... The, it was kind of grouped into the Austro-Hungarian Empire. So... Yeah. Austria, Germany, Hungary, they were all kind of like a world power. And they were like the last vestiges of the Holy Roman Empire. Um, Napoleon pretty much did the last, he, he killed off the last Roman emperor, Napoleon did. And while that was happening, the United States was becoming a country. Uh, people, A lot of people don't realize that those two things were happening at the same time. Napoleon and... Yeah, the Civil War was happening, yeah. right? The Civil War was Basically, happening, man. Yeah. And uh, so he's wiped out that nut. That Germany's risen to power because the German people are very industrious, they were working hard, and they got in their heads, well, we're going to try and do what Napoleon did. Napoleon wanted to do what Alexander the Great did, 
um, Hitler thought he was along those same lines and he had even more nefarious plans about you know eugenics and racial uh, differences and all these other things and uh, there's even been a study that at one point in history there's a cafe in Austria uh, and based on the t- based on a certain year or two Karl Marx Adolf Hitler and uh, Joseph Stalin would have all been going to university or studying and working in the same area and may have all shown up in the same coffee shop at the same time uh, based on the times that they were in that area I just think it's just weird uh, but Germany becoming what it was happened as a result of just the way empires rise and fall Hitler is going to be remembered the way he is because the victors get to write history but yes. that doesn't change that doesn't change the fact that he was an evil and terrible man that needed to be destroyed and okay okay wait wait, wait one second though what let's, let's get this right brother Let, let's do this right alexander the great yes went into same he did the same thing similar went into did other, similar things no not the same. Way. went into other people's land yeah took their land yeah took their history away no. took their right no took their brother he used them to expand his empire yes he didn't even go the, back no, to the, re- the reason I say the reason I say no is because the way that the Greeks took over areas and managed to quell the possibility of rebellions is they said to the surrounding areas or the people they vanquished so long as you pay tribute back to Greece the same way the Romans did pay tri- we'll leave your leaders in place it's just you become now a state of the Roman Empire so he didn't destroy because if you destroy people at the, the at the at the root level you can guarantee there'll be rebellion because you yeah so what he said is you get to keep your language we'll also teach greek here you'll be connected to greek uh businesses so he made them being part of the greek or roman empires a profitable enterprise yeah but he was just a better politician well this is what i'm saying what hitler did was he rolled in subjugated slaughtered people and took the all the jews he could find and sent them to be murdered uh, then he said it's- so, uh, moment, so aren't so aren't the wars doing that now but it's just but it's just a war it's just an army now aren't they doing the same thing no war, wars become more complicated because human beings become more complicated rather they're doing let's be honest let's, let's, let's do this right they're doing the same thing but now they're just calling it a you war have to, and now you have to be very specific it. because they, we, we know more about wars that have passed and ended in antiquity like things that have done in history because we can go back and we can get all the information and we have all the historians and all the perspectives. Only, yeah, well, but we only don't by have what, the only by what people have written. Only by what people have True, written and shown but, us. But a thousand years from now, the people that study the wars and things that are happening in our day and age would probably have a better understanding of it than us because it's like the whole you can't see the forest for the trees. We're in the midst of those things. And it's not as though our governments are going to share everything they know about their reasons for doing X, Y, and Z. So when those reasons no longer become important and they can be shared with the public and quote-unquote declassified and whatnot, we'll find more and more things about what was actually happening in that. Like, when you're a, a seven-year-old man and a historian goes back and talks about the day and age, you'll be like, God damn, that was happening when I was a young man? I didn't even know that. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of how it would be. So it's like, whatever we know now is only as much as any government's allowing us to know. But in a thousand years from now, when everything's declassified and the world power is probably China or somebody else, we'll know way more about what happened 
Britain at this time. And we'd be like, God damn, that was happening in Britain? I wonder why people didn't do anything. You know, people didn't know. And, and that's why I say to people, when they, when people talk about people like Mandela being a terrorist and Hitler and all these people, people, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I've done enough, I've, I've studied and listened to enough stuff and I've written, I've, it sounds really bad, I've come to the acknowledgement that England and America are always the hero, and I and I look back and I thought that makes no sense. Am I living in? I live am I in both of those places on a regular basis, and I am very comfortable with them keep winning because I would not want to be in a place where that we're enemies against either of those two. Because the military budget of the United States is bigger, is t- ten or twenty times bigger than the next closest country, so they've got the firepower, and Britain is always piggybacking on for the ride. So. I, 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 I'm not happy that any life is being lost, but if there's going to be conflict, I'd rather be in a country where I didn't have to worry about it necessarily reaching. Yeah, I know, but just girlfriend. don't. Yeah, but just don't lie to my face. Just don't lie to my face and tell me, yeah, Herbin over there killed 20 people, and now he's a hero. But then when I read your backstory, you that you've bombed, you've bombed a house where a little girl is watching TV. Don't, don't, don't come and tell me you're a fucking there, hero. There are no innocent people in war. Do you see what I mean? It's it, it's ridiculous. That's why when I hear about these, these things, I I look and I laugh and I think to myself, you're you're don't people see the backs that that like the background of what's going on? People just don't want to hear it or they don't want to believe it. Well, and it, and it's really to, weird. You have to make heroes because if you don't, all that man. I don't know if you saw the BBC documentary on Iraq, but the guys that are talking about what he did as part of I think Delta Force, and if you listen to what he's saying. He's told himself that it was worth it, and he explains what some of the stuff that he did. And uh, <laughs> without government sanction, that guy's a serial killer. And he even <laughs> said that. No, seriously, it was the saddest thing I'd heard. He's this really muscular guy. He's got a beard, and he's talking about what he did when he was in Delta Force. He looks really strung out, like all he does is drink and drugs now. And he's explaining things in detail that he did to people—terrible things, men, women, and children. Uh, they were given orders if the person reaches this point and they don't stop, shoot them and it's just one guy didn't understand the directions he was given and they ended up murdering him and I'm, I'm telling you for a fact that that happened so regularly according to what this man said he said, because the, 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 the reporter asked him, he says was it worth it? and the guy literally stops and he goes, yes and then he goes it, it has to or else what were we doing? and he literally says it out loud if, if, he, he had to because yeah but that's just a reassurance for himself yes but in, that's the fact that he said that tells me that in his heart of hearts he knows all he he was doing was government sanctioned murder because if you're shooting somebody who's a non-combatant because they haven't stopped somewhere and they didn't have anything on them like these police that are killing black men they didn't even have anything on them that you believe they did you've just murdered somebody and you're going to go home and get away with it because you're wearing a uniform it's still a murder and the human spirit gets torn in two every time that happens so you have to contend with that in your head so you have to have heroes so that you can go back to your home and not feel sick to your stomach every day that you are a terrible individual because you've wiped out maybe even a young person's ability to have a life a future you've created uh grief and turmoil and suffering in this person's family because they're without this their loved one this person was born 
with oxygen, blood in their lungs, the same way your children were, and you're some way halfway around the world taking the life and snuffing it out of other people's kids, and you're gonna go home and feel good about yourself? There has to be heroes. They have to be told that they're heroes. Because when you're honest with yourself about what you do and you don't believe your own hype, and you break down into the raw elements, what you, you can do as a human being, if given permission, it can be, it could be horrendous. Yeah, it's devastating. That's why when in Vietnam, the Vietnam soldiers, they came home, they came home, they told they were heroes, and then they came back to nothing. They made their, they were poor, and they were like, if we're heroes, then why am I living in the gutter? Why am I living in the street? And then and some of them came home to, and this was because this was one of the first times they had uh, live journalism happening, and these journalists saw what these soldiers were doing, and those those were being streamed back to the United States via satellite, and they would come home to shouts of baby killer, baby killer, and these guys are broken up inside because they probably didn't want to do that. They were conscripted first and foremost, and they were following orders, and they were told by their superiors at that time that what they were doing was okay, and now they come home and what they thought was wrong was wrong, and now they got to deal with that conflict because they can't bring those people back to life. It's already done. All they can do is move forward, but they can't even do that properly because what they thought about that situation as being wrong was in fact correct. Yep. It's it's a horrible thing. Like war war is a hell of a thing. I almost joined the military. I have deep respect for, for my friends. You could I almost joined as well. I almost joined as well. I would I, never join the British military. Um, they wanted me yeah, they wanted me to I tried to join because I, I didn't have anything going for me so I just thought to myself let me join and, and this is thing. no one should be a soldier unless that is 100% what they want and they have other options nah I didn't have any I, I had a kid on the way and I had to try to do something and, and this life. is why I say they prey on people like that yeah because the guys they came the army came to my my house the marines came it's kind of my fault I kept um clicking on their website for the free gear that they would give you so they came to my house and they <laughs> sat me down and they were talking about getting me to join the marines and then my mom was there looking at me and they're like look we understand that you respect your mom son but you gotta make this decision for yourself <laughs> and then she's looking at me like seriously and i was just like i'll be honest with you guys i just wanted a free water bottle <laughs> and they both laughed and they got up and left and they're like, if you change your mind, because it's like, they asked me questions about military and I was breaking down what I knew about World War II and things like that. And they're like, oh, you're really knowledgeable. You, you could go a long way. You'd be an officer in no time. You wouldn't have to be on the front line. And I was like, who that lying? Who that lying? Who that lying? I, I reckon oh. I could have been an officer. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, I don't know what it would have done to me because the, the people I know that went to war, like the guys, the Marines that I know, they're all really messed up right now. Yeah. So, in a way, I'm glad. It's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, oh, I gotta get going. Yes, I was gonna, that's what I was gonna say to you. Yeah, we have to wrap it up, brother. Yeah. Yeah. So, people, um, thank you again for another podcast. I don't know what I'm gonna call this one. I don't know what I'm gonna. It'll call come this to one. you. Don't don't worry about it. I don't know what I'm gonna call this one. Um, people, thanks again. Thank you, um, Al Chapo Negro, for a, another exciting podcasts pleasure another one pleasure is mine you are a delight to talk and converse with exactly so we'll try and find topics for next time um people like subscribe and all that other jazz peace thank you brother peace out <laughs>